Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Welcome to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 456 of our show. Thank you for coming through this week and every week to go check out some of the best gaming news on the planet via our show. Uh, I'm actually a liar because this week there isn't a lot of gaming news. We're in the throes of award season. Everybody's kind of just sitting at home playing and reviewing stuff and going through everything there. But we are doing our award show in January, and tonight tonight is the last night at midnight that you can vote for the Spawnies. It is the last night for uh, getting in your thoughts uh, based on some of the games that we have shared as nominees. Uh, and super excited to, to kind of you know wrap this part of the process and then get into you know sending out some dope awards to folks and, and letting them uh, celebrate with us. But you know. We have a fantastic show with you tonight. You know, also go check out our friend uh, Jeff Keeley and his Game Awards. That's going to be happening, and the, their nominations are going to be going out today. So go and check that out. Give them some love because their show is happening on December eighth. So give them some love as well. Uh, but this week. Oh, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, Kim Pallister, who's the senior director of corporate strategy over at PlayStation, um, because one of the conversations that I wanted to dig in with him was about we have so many of these gaming related conversations that happen around quality and speed and the ways that games are supposed to kind of be at the highest quality level. And I always am kind of digging behind and saying, well, wh who gets to kind of make that that charge? What's the what's the what's the thing that we're shooting for? Are we always looking for four K sixty? What's the you know when people are touting? Oh, I can build you a computer that runs Call of Duty at four hundred frames per second, knowing that the human eye can't see it. Does it make a difference in a real way? Um, so I got the chance to bring on Kim. Uh, I used to work with him over Intel when we were working in the VR department uh, over Intel and doing some gaming work over there. So, you know, the, the conversation sparked from the Gotham Knights 30 versus 60 frames per second conversation. He was like, yo, I'd love to talk about this if you would have me. And I was like, come on over. We'll have some time and hang out and talk about I'm talking about your thoughts about it because he's a brilliant soul. He's been doing this work for a very long time and his knowledge is very, very vast. So uh, be it, to be able to kind of pull on that thread and see where he's thinking about stuff in terms of where we are now and what the future can hold is, is really, really cool. So uh, pretty short episode uh, uh, interview with Kim and then we'll dip out uh, for this week. But uh, I think there's some really good tidbits here to pull from it. And uh, I hope that you really enjoy it. So let's check out our conversation with our good friend, Kim Pallister coming over from PlayStation. Uh, here you go. What's good, everybody? We have a fantastic guest on the show today. I'm very excited to have not only industry friend, but master of many, many things, uh, Kim Pallister, who is the senior director over at PlayStation for Corporate Strategy. Uh, excited to have you rocking with me again, Kim. It's been forever since we got a chance to hang out and, and chop it up. How you been? Yeah, I've been great. I've been great. And uh, it's it's a sad thing that we're both kind of uh, Portland local. And yet we, uh, you know, life gets busy in the way we never uh, get to get together as much as we should. So good to see you. I'm hoping that we can change that. We need to change it. I will I will make the effort to leave my home. <laughs> and not That's right. Be, it's, it's all out, me. 
<laughs> yeah, crawl out from the COVID cave and, uh, you know, show your face sometime. No doubt. It's definitely on me. It's not on you. You're always out and about. So me, I'm, I'm the one who's who's trying to figure out how people work. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to have you on again. Uh, the last time we had you on, it was in another capacity. We were both at uh, Intel at that at that time. Uh, we were talking about a lot of the fun stuff that we were seeing and working on in, in, in that capacity. You moved over to PlayStation. Awesome to see you made that move. We will not be talking about any PlayStation directed stuff. I am working for a company that's connected to PlayStation. You're working directly with them. Don't ask us chat for any of that stuff. We're not going to be talking about any of those things. But I did want to pull you on, and I was happy that you raised your hand because there was a conversation that popped up a couple of weeks ago around Gotham Knights. And I think, you know, one of the things that I always try to do on our show is to pull on people who are infinitely smarter than I am to be able to talk to things in an actual tangible way. I think uh, what's... And, what's since, and since you couldn't get one of those people, you got me instead. But. <laughs> that is so far from true. Uh, but but I think the, the thing that I love about you know, our time getting a chance to work together. And I think one of the things that is really important about this kind of work is that we get to not necessarily fully debunk some of the conversations that are happening, but we can pull in really tangible things that I think are important to the conversation. And I think one of the things that we always were kind of tussling around with, with our respective work was, what's the way that you talk to folks who are players and the industry in a way where you're bridging that information and technology info gap, where the things that folks are really tied to don't necessarily actually come to and come to fruition and results that matter in the ways that we think that that's part of the conversation. I know when we were working together, we did a lot of latency work because that was really important to kind of showcase what was happening on on the PC. You know, the gaming space has been fraught forever with the conversation about, well, 30 frames per second versus 60 frames per second. And now we're thinking about everything within the hurt spectrum of why those things are important. Um, sure. when, when that came up and I was like, I want to talk to people about that. What was the thing that sparked your interest in, in, in bridging that, that, that conversation gap when you're like, let's talk about, you know, why 30 versus 60 is important. Why, yeah, why are those conversations sure. in there? So I think, uh, the, here was kind of the, uh, the, <laughs> the way in which I think about it. So, uh, I've been doing like games and graphics stuff for a long time, like all through the kind of early era of, uh, PC 3d, uh, graphics, uh, at a, you know, a graphics card company that's not doing game stuff anymore to, uh, you know, a long time ago. And then at Intel for a long time and the, the industry itself, the people making the games or whatever have gone through a massive kind of learning curve kind of going further and further down the rabbit hole of like, what is it that really delivers an improved visual experience and are pulling behind them kind of like the, the, you know, the uh, end user community, the player community who are kind of learning as, as they go, as they hear this terminology and are kind of absorbing it. And some people really kind of get it and some are kind of throwing the terms around don't, don't always know what they mean. And, um, and, and there's this kind of increasing level of sophistication of awareness on behalf of uh, people out there, right? And, and they, you can think of all the kind of uh, press, the guys at uh, Digital Foundry or Tom's Hardware or stuff like that that are kind of, uh, you know, uh, representatives of trying to do a good job for the end user community. And they're kind of a little further ahead on, on going down that rabbit hole learning stuff, right? And what everybody, wherever they are on that curve, is realizing is that uh, it's it's 
complicated, right? It's not a simple thing. Like, you know, we, we build these machines and attempt to run a simulation and collide that simulation with your senses. And, you know, we are uh, non-digital, you know, meat puppets, right? With <laughs> like, with a lot of uh, sensory organs and systems that, you know, a lot of things that happen between when, you know, photons shoot out of a CRT or a, uh, or, or out of an, an OLED panel and hit your, you know, between there and, and hitting your eyes and getting to your brain, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Right. And so, uh, I kind of knew this, but when you and I were working together and we were running the, the VR team at Intel and, and that, you know, one of the really positive waves of that kind of latest kind of, uh, uh, hype wave around VR is it got everybody to get really start to kind of like, you know, peel the onion and get down beneath the surface on understanding what was really going on there. And that's had positive repercussions for games overall. And what we realized is that, uh, or, or one way to think about it is that uh, the suspension of disbelief that happens when you run a simulation and present it to the user as a series of discrete images, like a flip book, is there are uh, things that happen that, that help with that suspension of disbelief, right? And that has to do with rendering those images at a certain level of quality, has to do with rendering them at a certain fluidity, which is kind of a frame rate thing, and delivering the interactivity. And this is the thing that's different from uh, watching an animated you know, Pixar movie on a screen or just a regular uh, you know, live action film on a screen or a TV is there's a response rate from when you do something or when you see something, you make a decision, it hits your brain, you, you decide to do something, you take an action, that action drives back to the simulation. And that, and that loop has to do with latency, right? Um, and so there's a rate of interactivity and there's rate of fluidity of the, the stuff being presented to you. And all of those things are, each of them is an infinitely deep rabbit hole, right? And so mm -hmm. we've had kind of very, course levels of uh, ways of talking about them you know uh, uh, the simplest level being well what's the quality the resolution are you running at uh, 640 by 480 back in the day or uh, you know 1024 768 or you know uh, HD resolution 2k 4k that's one way that we've spoken about quality, but it's clearly not the only thing that makes up the quality. And then we get into, you know, what, uh, how are they rendering shadows? Are they doing ray tracing? What is the lighting model? Uh, you know, uh, are they doing cloth simulation? All of those things are all part of the visual quality kind of equation. And it's, uh, I can both appreciate how difficult it is to assign metrics to those things, but it's also kind of funny that we say, you know, we get into all this nuance about is it uh, 4K and what type of anti-aliasing is it? And then all of the other stuff that makes up a quality, we say, well, uh, high settings, right? <laughs> and, and what high settings are from one game to the next is, you know, who knows? It's completely different, right? Um, but that's all the, the quality one. And then same goes with when we talk about frame rate, right? We, people would say kind of 30, 60, whatever. And then you started to get... Uh, and, and I'd argue that we're kind of still in the wave of absorbing this where people said, well, not all 60 frames per second is the same, right? What about when you have stuttering? What about when you have, you know, like uh, hiccups? What's your consistency in frame rate? And so you started to see people do things. Well, let, let's uh, speak to what the, you know, 1% lowest 
uh, or, or longest frame times are. My What are my worst frames in the course of that simulation? And even that is kind of an average metric that just kind of says, well, you're occasionally having some hiccups and I've assigned a number to them, but it's not really telling me what what is the one worst hiccup, right? And did that hiccup happen at the time that I would have noticed it, right? And and then lastly, on the on the uh, kind of interactivity side, we talk about latency and have this kind of like, again, people starting to talk about a course measure of like, well, you know, we we hooked something up and we measured when you know a signal went from a mouse click through the system and you know the result appeared back on screen. But even that is going to be a thing that uh, you know is is going to be. It's going to matter more depending on what you're reacting to and at what time, right? It's like, did the, you know, if a, if a hiccup in that system is kind of like a, a trigger jam, did it happen when it counted, right? When mm. I really needed it or did, you know, at, at a time of an intense firefight or something, or did it happen when I was like loading the gun and I didn't notice it, right? So it's, you know, uh, I've talked for a long time now, but the, the bottom line is it is a, a, a very deep rabbit hole down all of those. And people are kind of, coming along a curve of understanding them and your what you said earlier is correct that they are um, you know that each of them kind of uh, nears and uh, approaches an asymptote of like it, it matters less it's noticeable less but they're all imperfect they all matter to some degree and they're all kind of uh, you know any one of them can be the weakest link in the chain from one moment to the next I, I love the way that you described each part of that sandwich, right? Because I think it is one of those conversations where, I, you know, me in my in my most you know frustrated you know self on the internet will say, yes, all of these things are a part of the equation, but what's the part that actually matters to the player in that moment? And you spoke directly to it, like for a narrative perspective, I don't care if my game is running in 60, 60 frames per second for the most part, right? If I'm running a point and click game, it doesn't make that big of a difference, but I'm seeing also on the other end of that spectrum, people are making like, full-time jobs and full-time businesses out of being like, I am the best PC builder. I will tune your machine to the, to the nth degree so that you get 4,000 frames per second. You know, I've seen like, you know, in call of duty. Right. And it's one of those conversations where I see that and I'm like, well, that's a nice kind of weird thing to put on a mantle to be like, we are the best to do this thing. But at the end of the day, does the actual player see that can comprehend that? And does it actually give you any real advantage when you're sure. playing a game like that? Are we, are we kind of still in the infancy in, in, in which we're talking about all of this stuff wrong? Is it more about the nuts and bolts of those calculations and those measurements? Or is it really about the kind of, you know, uh, the game feel of, of, of how things are kind of playing out? What, what are your thoughts about that? Sure. I, I don't think we're talking about it wrong, although you're talking about people on the internet. So, you know, somebody is also <laughs> wrong uh, or always wrong because, you know, otherwise Twitter wouldn't be in business, right? It's true. Uh, which maybe, maybe they won't be for long. Uh, so you, uh, it's, it's a matter of people, learning to talk about it better or mm. more accurately or kind of, you know, uh, I, I, I think of it again as like people growing more sophisticated in their understanding and their and in the way they're holding the discussion, right? And so I think that there are, um, uh, there are ways in which, uh, let's say, 
you, you can kind of view it in, in, uh, in, in two ways. One of which is like this idea of visual quality and fluidity and, um, you know, uh, uh, stutters and hiccups that are just like, what breaks my illusion uh, of, of this being a real experience, right? What makes it comfortable? What makes it feel responsive? And I think what you were saying a moment ago gets into that. It's just like, do I just forget about all that stuff because I'm having a great time and everything feels super uh, uh, accurate and responsive, right? And there are probably, um, you know, that's where you get this idea that, uh, you know, well, um, you mentioned frame rate, right? People would uh, argue, you know, no one can see above 60, movies are at 24 frames, clearly that's good enough. And there are lots of cases where you can point to and kind of say, hey, in, in this kind of a case with something moving at this rate or this level of contrast, like the vast majority of humans can discern 60 versus 30 or 60 versus 50 even, right? Maybe you get up to 90 frames or 120 frames. And at some point it starts to be the, the increments between frames are very small, the visual, you know, whatever the display subsystem is that you're using to display it, it's like the, you know, the, the, uh, a, a, amount of kind of change in what your rods and cones in your eyes are detecting is pretty small and it's um you do get to kind of a a good enough right mm. uh but you know uh as as we've seen all those other vectors well now i want to switch on ray tracing or now i want to uh you know have a better quality of anti-aliasing or i want to have more detailed shadows all those other things people are going to start to look at it saying even if i could run at 120 now the weakest link in the chain is I really like the quality that this thing gives. I switch this on, now my frame rate drops. And like people, when they're tweaking their settings on their games or choosing a high performance versus high visual quality like set of presets that the developers package together, they're kind of muddling through what's the best trade-offs for me? What's going to give me the, the best thing I can uh, I can get, right? So that's, that's one vector on it. The other vector on it is the idea that... Um, if I'm in a situation where the responsiveness uh, matters a lot, I'm an esports competitor or just like a, you know, I play competitive multiplayer games and I want to know that it, you know, uh, it's going to matter when it counts, right? Um, there's a, a, a short anecdote I'll give that's a slightly different, uh, slightly different vector. So I have a, a good friend, a high school friend that I uh, grew up with back in uh, Montreal. Uh, visited him a few years back, dropped by his house and go into his office. And he's got like the top of the line RGB lit, uh, you know, uh, uh, PC system from, I think it was like Alienware or Falcon Northwest at the time, something like that. And uh, I was like, is this your gaming system? He's like, no, it's my work system. And he's a stock. <laughs> and I'm like, that's you. Like, why did you buy this, this like blown that system? All you do is just display stats and occasionally click, click a buy button on something. And his logic was, if once a year I get a couple milliseconds ahead on clicking that buy button and it makes a difference, that's 30 grand right there. So there's like no, you know, there's no expense too much on my system. And this is like years and years before all the like high frequency trading or whatever. His just thing was like probability theory. All I need is one time that I get a hiccup in the system. It went a bit too slow and it happened to be that a guy went on trade beforehand or the price shot up a little bit. And in his mind, it was like worth it, right? And so I think mm -hmm. there's a comparable thing of like, if you have those occasional stutters, even if they're ones you can't visually see, but it's a two or three frame stutter at the time that you happen to like, 
you know, the, the information about guy coming in your field of view happened to be on the frame that delayed two frames before you saw it. And that was the thing that was going to reach your brain and say, I got to jam down on the trigger finger. It's a very small difference. And most of us wouldn't notice it. And even that, you know, uh, uh, highly responsive uh, uh, esports player, they wouldn't necessarily notice it, but it doesn't mean it won't matter. Right. And this was something back when we were running the, the lab, uh, uh, you know, my lab at Intel. And we did kind of, um, we worked with this guy, uh, 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 Mark Claypool, who's a professor at the uh, Worcester uh, Polytechnic Institute at Massachusetts. And this guy's been studying game latency and nothing else for like a decade plus. Right. Mm -hmm. Back in like the on live Guy Kai initial streaming thing days, he was like, you know, doing all this kind of like, uh, you know, kind of real science, right? We, we would do kind of hacky science in, in my lab. And um, <laughs> we worked with him to kind of uh, uh, do a simulation, one of which, if you saw the thing that the guys at um, uh, not Tom's Hardware, but um, Digital Foundry. No, no. Who's the uh, the guy? Uh, I think he's up in Victoria um, or Vancouver. Um, anyway, I, a YouTuber uh, out there that that did this like uh, run. You know, they they took a handful of people and run them through a bunch of tests with like thirty frames, sixty frames, ninety frames, and said, "Does it make a difference to your responsiveness and kind of measure latency?" Right. Mm. And what they found was, and they had gamers of. Um, various uh oh it's linus tech tips is the, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so uh so they did a kind of version of this with like a very small sample size as one of their shows but we kind of replicated or, or did a very similar experiment to that with a slightly larger number of people and kind of saw the same results which is that even if you have a slow-ish but consistent level of latency most people can kind of learn to accommodate that almost like if you've ever driven a car in the snow you kind of know it's a little slushy. My back end slides out a bit, but I can kind of accommodate that and I can learn to drive that car or a car that's got like loose steering or something, right? But when it comes time to like something happened and that stimulus is going to get popped up and now I have to react to it, that's not a thing you can kind of do your own branch prediction on. It's like you just have to react to the stimulus, right? Mm. And so a little bit of latency in there adds to the total equation of are you going to kind of hit the target or not? And when you measure that over like a large number of samples, you find, yeah, a certain amount of, of latency starts to affect how accurate people are, right? Or how uh, uh, frequently they're quickest on the draw, right? Uh, so to speak. And so for most people, are they going to notice that? Eh, probably not. But it's one of those things of like, even if you don't notice it, do you want to know that you're like, you, you know, you have the, the fastest gun or the, the most responsive thing there. And it kind of gets down to, you know, some people are willing to pay for that. And some people say, kind of say, yeah, good enough. Huh? So, so the thing I love is that it feels like you just told me about myself a lot. <laughs> Is that I'm like, huh, I've probably done that for most of my gaming gaming life is like I want the fastest, biggest, you know, thing on the block to be able to say right. I'm future proofing myself against, you know, latency or feeling bad, knowing that, you know, as we ran some of those tests and you saw my reaction times, age is gonna beat me before any any piece of hardware is gonna keep me in Oh I hear you. I hear you there. I'm in that boat completely. My son is a uh, one of my kids is like a you know 
platinum level uh, uh, apex player, and he's like sat over my shoulder and watched me play, and he's just like, "Dad, this is embarrassing. Just yeah, you're too you're too old for this game." I'm like, someone has someone has to be the cannon father, you know. <laughs> you run out first, and then and then we'll find yeah, and track I, you. I, I run around and collect stuff, and then give it up when people just you know kill me. So. <laughs> So, so I think, so that goes back to that part of the conversation, right? Of like, humans are really adept at, at, at not only kind of finding where they lay in that, in that spectrum of latency, visual, uh, um, uh, comprehension quality, uh, quality yeah. in, in that layer too, but also we're really good at adjusting to all of those parts throughout the whole part of the cycle. Sure. The part that I have found to be really interesting has been the the a, a, a huge swath of the audience has bought into that layer too, right? And and I think that's been a thing that has changed at least in my purview, and at least in the time that I've been in the industry, which is less than you know fifteen years, of the 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 language has changed between the player and the developer. And it feels like now even more we're seeing how that language that can sometimes be be let's be honest wrong um has affected and kind of influenced the way that development is, has been moving in a lot of different ways do you mm -hmm. feel like the space itself is kind of in, in terms of the, the the dev side that you've seen over the years where of course devs are being aspirational they want to use the, the newest tech anyway to kind of get into that space but do you feel like there's an even tighter bond now between the way that the player is seeing things and has in their mind a set of asks and how that affects the way the development has been kind of going i think uh i mean at the highest level just the ways in which the internet uh, has allowed developers to connect with audiences and listen to them and understand what's resonating with them is like net net a good thing. It's like close that loop way more than when we used to kind of, you know, wait for people to to hand write letters and send them to PC Gamer magazine and see them appear in print. Right? It was like a different a different age, right? Or people calling the Nintendo hotline or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, way way back in the day. Um, so overall, that's a good thing. And I think that uh, most developers are probably trying to strike a balance between, uh, you know, listening to players and, and doing the, th you know, uh, trying to deliver the things that are resonating with them, but also kind of educating them on like what, uh, what they think really is going to drive the experience the most, right? And if people were to say, I don't know, I'll, I'll make up an example like, uh, you know, we want the new Fluzit shadow method, right? And they'd be like, well, you know, we read that paper and it does look good, but like we experimented with it and the kinds of shadows that really work well in our game are these ones. And and let's talk about, you know, our shadow tech and, and uh, you know, apply some branding name to it or whatever, right? It's a a whole other discussion we could have about how different kind of tech features start to get branded and having names associated with them or whatever right um so i, I think that there's uh you know a little bit of like okay we hear what you want and also uh let's interpret that into how we we hear what you're asking for but we here's what we think you really mean right a little bit of that dialogue and i think that uh that's kind of in part the role that the press plays and guys like mm -hmm. digital founders 
where they're listening to that. They're also kind of digging in and understanding the tech and then they're kind of, you know, uh, uh, providing like a, a, a spoke in the wheel of that conversation to, to help it, um, you know, get to the right place. Mm. That that part really resonates with me a bunch because I feel like there is a really good space for not only kind of traditional press, but enthusiast press to kind of bridge that technology gap for the player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wonder, too, if like we're also not feeding the beast right when it comes to the like uh, when it winds up moving from uh development layers into the public relations layers of like yeah we are the fastest 4k 60 team on the planet and this is what the new foundation is does that also feel like it's are are we setting ourselves and i know we only have like five minutes left are we kind of setting ourselves up for disappointment when the the kind of like specter of 4k 60 as being the gold standard is still really hard to hit it's not that easy to get yeah. to. Uh, maybe maybe a way to think about it is um i i think that yeah like at the end of the day you can kind of put something out there and say uh, you know here it's not 4k 60 but taste this and see what you like right mm. and so there's that's one piece of it i do think that there's always a risk that the because it's it's easy to, you know, or not easy, but it's a thing you can do to go benchmark something, measure something, put a number up, that the things that can be more easily quantified or can be quantified, there's always kind of a a temptation to kind of lean in that direction, right? Mm. And so I give an example of like, you know, just high settings on the game. And we don't talk about all these things that really, I'd argue, break the illusion more, right? When a when a character is kind of, you know, standing on a staircase with his foot hanging off in space and he's not falling over, it's like, okay, it's clearly a computer simulation I'm in, even though it's at 4K. I would have rather that the, the physics there was more accurate or whatever. But now it's, you know, or the, the you know, dating myself a bit, but, you know, the, the shadow plane under him hanging out in space and there's a little transparent disc hanging off the edge of the stair, right? Mm. Um, but that becomes harder to talk about, right? It's like, I can't say, you know, your shadow quality is a 7.3 and I measure this one point <laughs> two, And so, uh, you know, the, they'll do things like, let me go measure resolution. And I think one of the places this is like currently getting tested, which is quite interesting is the, um, uh, all of the stuff around, you know, DLSS and the other kind of approaches that people are taking where they're realizing brute forcing rendering this stuff at 8k 4k 8k whatever isn't always the best way to put the pixels on the screen there are now a whole host of new techniques which are going to become their own very deep rabbit hole we've already seen you know dlss one two three uh, etc mm. where even when you talk about you know uh 4k resolution you're going to start to hear people say well is it really 4k or is it no it was rendered at this resolution and it was upsampled to 4k well is it the same net result Right. I don't know. What's the, the visual difference between rendered native at 4K versus, you know, upsampled using an AI technique? Maybe it's better. I don't know. Right. So I think, uh, you know, there's no there's no quick answers there, but it's, um, you know, a, a, a space that it's interesting to watch people kind of growing more sophisticated in the, in the overall kind of uh, knowledge in the in the zeitgeist. Right. 
Man, I wish I could steal you for like another hour just to talk about the DLSS parts of that stuff and the, you know, how we're thinking about, yeah. again, like the nomenclature that we use and the, the set of standards that we as, you know, me as press slash a developer and the, the, the player and the folks who are in the industry are thinking about all those cobbled pieces together to kind of give you the idea of what quality is. And then, you know, there are folks who... They just don't care. They're just like, I just need it to work. It's the, I, the thing that you have, have had drilled into my head through just conversations throughout the year is the, is the, the time to fun, right? Yeah. And that yeah. time to fun layer, uh, I consistently talk about that all the time because that at a certain point, you know, moves all those other things kind of out of the way uh, if, if yeah. the experience is, is good enough. So, well, for uh, some people, you know, arguing about that tech is the fun, but <laughs> <laughs> there's time, time to, time to Twitter rant, right? Time to argument. We're going to, we're going to document that at some point and see where the latency right. is on that one. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for rocking with me again. I wish, I wish I could steal you for some more time and definitely, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, we can I'll, do it again sometime. It was my pleasure. I, I would love that. I would love to love to bring you back on it and talk more about all of this stuff. So, all right, or uh, we'll hit one of the Portland food carts and just do it without without your audience. But oh yeah, we need to do that. that just in general. Anyway, I, I have a feeling I'll see you. I'll see you pretty soon. Uh, yeah. Massive amounts of love to you and the fam. It's always good the chance to see you and, and hang out and talk about all this. One of my favorite people in the world around all of these conversations. So everybody at home, give Kim some love. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break uh, and we'll be right back after this. What's good, everybody in Chicago? Khalif here. We have lots of great conversations to have for the rest of 2022. Hoping that you're having a fantastic beginning to your year. I wanted to share some good news with you early. I think it's super cool that I get a chance to say this out loud, but we are now part of the Epic Content Creator Program. Please use our creator code spawn on me at checkout in the EGS store. You get to help us grow. You get to help Chicago get bigger. And you also now get something very very cool because every month we're going to be doing a fantastic video series that looks into some of the great games that are in the epic game store so that means we're going to have conversations with developers we're going to have conversations with folks on the epic side of things maybe some folks who are going to be dealing with meta humans or even folks who are going to be doing stuff in unreal engine so lots of great conversations are going to be coming through with a very new video series called something epic uh, that i'm very excited to do and every month you'll have a new video uh, that's going to dig into you know a new game or you know a, or a game that's just in the store or you know, even some upcoming content that's gonna be in that space as well. So I'm very excited about that. We already have three episodes ready to go. Uh, we have one that's our friend Ariel Knight and Never Yield. We also have the folks from Ember Lab. So we're gonna be talking about Kana, Bridge of Spirits. And then also one I'm super excited for, and I think the one that we're probably gonna drop first is gonna be all around the Matrix Unreal Engine demo. I am super excited to share that content with you. We have lots of goodies coming, so please stay tuned. It'll be on our YouTube channel uh, and we'll be sharing that out monthly. So I'm super excited, super excited to be in the program and hope that you all dig all the content that we're gonna be doing with our new show, Something Epic. We'll see you all very, very soon. Make sure you're checking us out on socials at Khalif Adams, at Spawn On Me. And yeah, massive love to my friends over Epic for letting us be a part of your family and getting some dope things in for the rest of the year. Much love to you all. We'll see you soon. Peace. Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. Yo, that was a dope interview with Kim Pallister coming to us from PlayStation. It was always great to be able to get, again, folks who are 
amazingly smart and brilliant who can break these things down in a way that all of us can understand and and makes us kind of like get a little bit smarter which i hope is a thing that you come to spawn on me for is to, is to learn a little bit and to really get connected to technology and, and and the pastime that we all enjoy so uh master shout out to kim um and again uh go check out the spawnies go vote for the spawnies uh, today is the last day to vote, so make sure you're getting your votes in. Uh, we'll be sharing all the winners in our in our full show in January, late January 2023, uh, which is weirdly just around the corner. You know, we're almost halfway through November, um, so it is wild to know that that is 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 happening in a real way. Um, but we have a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to kind of come down the line. I'll be streaming a little bit more and playing some more games uh and and doing that uh in the upcoming week especially because we're going to have more time off and i'll be off in a real way uh and won't have to do any actual nine to five work um but word uh really happy with this episode really excited that we got a chance to talk to kim uh and, and had a blast doing that for all of you at home hopefully you can now have better arguments on twitter <laughs> Uh, when it comes to the folks who are really digging deep into the uh, my, my, my system is better than yours and blah blah XYZ so uh, until next week we're going to get up out of here much love to you all I hope you are having a fantastic rest of your week go out there make some dope things happen wash your hands wash your butt uh, and we'll see you all next week for more Spawn On Me podcast much love and peace